Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us. Hope you can stay with us for the next couple of hours as we will talk sports with you. Busy program coming up today. If you miss any portion of it, a podcast is up oh, very quickly after the end of the program. We've got a really good guest list today. Going to go in a lot of different directions. Uh, coming up in the first hour of the program, our only NFL guest this week, Right. I believe so, I think yeah. it is. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Uh, he'll be at the Super Bowl for the Sporting News in Atlanta. We'll pick Vinny's brain. Uh, some of the uh, stories from you know last week. I don't know if I can do any more of the replay thing. I, I, it makes my head hurt. You're at, over at it. At this point. Yeah, you know what? I'm really over the uh, the politicians who want to see their name <laughs> and get a little publicity. And I, I don't know. I mean, come on. And the lawsuits that are flying back and forth. Right. Can you imagine if they won? How many people would go back? And I don't know what the statute of limitations would be on a, a sporting event that a call went against the team that they bet or rooted for. I mean, they'd be overwhelmed. Oh, there's no doubt. Just in this state alone. Yes. Right? Seemingly more so the folks in Story County would be, I mean, those law offices would be inundated. Games that they felt they were screwed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And there's been a lot of them. There's a summer topic. Write that one down. All right. Uh, so we'll talk to Vinny Iyer in about oh, 15 minutes, about 20 minutes or so. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News will be here. David Kaplan. Now, Cappy's on the air. We tell you this every time because we don't want a major Chicago story to break. And those two fools uh, that took over the 10 to noon slot didn't even ask Cappy about this story. Well, you have to tape Cappy early. He's on the air uh, right now. But it's worth it. There's two guests we're going to tape. Cappy and Paul Allen, who's on the air right now at KFAN. Two guys that are on the air right now. Right. So we'll take both of those guys and uh, we'll play them during our show. Cappy coming up at about 1045. Brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. You know, I forgot to ask him this when we talked to him. Um, him and Mitch Holtis worked together last night. Yes, they did. I saw that. And what game was Bradley that? Bradley game. Bradley game. Yeah, the Bradley game. I did watch a little MVC hoops last night. Which game did you watch? Uh, watched most State and Loyola. Wow. Seventy thirty-five. That was amazing. Now, I didn't see a minute of it, but I did see the Twitter re- reaction to it. It was on CBS Sports Network two twenty-one. Okay, yep. And went over there. Was there what were you doing over there? Did you bet? Of, of course. course. Yep. <laughs> Hope you did. You have the right side. I did. Good I did. You. Missouri State can't shoot. Well, they did last. And night. They were shooting last night, and that was one thing they were talking about. Like, do you change your game plan in the middle of the game when you want a bad team that doesn't shoot it very well to shoot the ball and they're hitting shots? Mm-hmm. Missouri State hit a lot of shots, and Loyal looked awful. They scored 35 points, Trent. Did they Doubled qu- up. Did they quit? Yeah. Yeah, they did, huh? I had flipped away at that point. Well, but, I guess. You're, yeah. you're home free. I was over at Illinois, Wisconsin. That was my late viewing of really? the day. I uh, was infatuated. As we, I said earlier in the week, I am you know, not shamed on myself, but you know, the number one team in the country, I did not recall watching Tennessee play until last night just because like, the SEC is my go-to football Conference in the fall, basketball-wise, is not the case. Um, And I had not seen Tennessee play last night. You know what it reminded me of watching a game at Vanderbilt? Just how difficult it is to watch a Vanderbilt broadcast. It is so incredibly odd. Benches at the end. And the floor goes on for miles, Trent. Got the cheerleaders standing yes. back there. It is The officials having to go to the monitor and get down on a knee. 
Right, right. I mean, we have raised floors that we see. Minnesota, right. Purdue, back in the day, had had the raised floor. You see that, mm-hmm. but nothing like Memorial Gym. No. That thing is odd. And, and you hit the nail on the head. The teams at the at the end of the of the court, both yeah. sides. Cal- Calipari hollering down at the other end. I remember seeing that for a year when yeah. you know, a few years back when Stallings had Vanderbilt pr- playing at a pretty mm-hmm. high level mm-hmm. and watching a lot of those games and just. And you could tell coaches hate going into that place. No doubt. And but hell of they a had game. one taken away last I night. I agree, Trent. It was it was a bad fish. The, the hook and hold at the end, I did not Ugh. like that call one bit. Um, look, Grant Williams is a superstar. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen him play this year. And I picked a really good night to, to watch him play. And, and as much as, what, he finished with 43? 43. 43. But as impressive as the 43 was, was the 23 for 23 from the free throw line. He made 23 straight free throws in a game. And ten of fifteen from the floor. And ten of fifteen from the floor. I uh, but I, did get blocked. I, Remember, you had a chance at the end of regulation, yeah. and uh, got blocked. And Barnes got the shoot. I mean, I don't know what he had at the time forty, and he went up to hit the game winning shot at the end, and and didn't elevate, or, or Barnes was not happy with it, and got into his star who had forty. I remind you at the time, and I think at that time he was twenty for twenty from the free throw line. Just an amazing performance last night, and my God, they got some athletes. Trent Tennessee is has got some athletes. You know, you, you look at the SEC this season, and it, it was expected to be kind of a bounce back year. I don't know if that's exactly the case. When, when I watch some of the after Tennessee, some of the middling games, watched Florida a few times this mm-hmm. year. Never walked away impressed. You know, if you if you're Iowa and Iowa State, and you're in that seven ten game or six eleven game, you see. A Florida, you know, a team from the SEC. I wouldn't be overly worried. No, absolutely not either. Either of our two programs, both of them, tournament bound. We'll get into Michigan State coming up here uh, and Iowa. The 11 o'clock hour, looking forward to this. I like both. Oh, I like, that's not fair. I'm looking forward to both of our guests. Wade Looking Bill will be here to talk Iowa and Michigan State. And Brian Arilco at 1140. Brian is the spokesperson. He's got a better title than that. Um, with the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. He has been tasked, um, essentially, for the last day. I talked to him yesterday, and he's, the only thing he's been working on, essentially, is sports regulation, regu- uh, sports wagering regulations, uh, answering a whole bunch of questions regarding sports wagering, and we're going to have him on, and we're going to ask him a pile of them. And if you'd like your question answered, you can... Tweet the Miller and Condon Twitter account at Miller and Condon at Miller and Condon. Uh, we will uh, look at your question, and if it's not on our list, we will add, add it to the list of questions for Brian Arilco because it is coming. And um, look, Prairie Meadows is ready. If sports wagering was approved tomorrow, which it won't be, but um, they could flip the switch. I think that quickly. It's that fast. they are that prepared to go. Yep, they are that prepared to go. So there isn't going to be that lag period. Of, Don't think so. Wait a couple months, nope. and then you'll be ready to make your. And they will be first in the state, in my okay. opinion. I think that they'll probably be, like I say, if, if they get it, May, let's say May the 1st, pick, pick an arbitrary date, mm-hmm. May the 1st. I think they'll go May the 1st. I'm not sure that any of the other casinos will. Might wait a little longer, get a little closer to football, but um, I guess I, I shouldn't speak for all of them, but I do believe the Prairie will be first and they will uh, uh, lead the way as far, as far as volume handle, and understandably so, right? They're in the 
capital of the uh, mm-hmm. state. Biggest, Biggest population. population. By, by a long way. Uh, so Brian Arilko is going to be here at 1140. If you have a questioning on sports wagering in our wonderful state, uh, you can uh, tweet uh, at Miller and Condon. Send us your question. And if it's not on our list of questions for Brian, we will add it to it. So I watched Tennessee last night. Help me out on Illinois, Wisconsin. Didn't see a minute of it. After the Tennessee overtime game, I waited for Colorado and Minnesota. I wanted one more hockey game before the season uh, broke for the All-Star break and two Central Division teams. Uh, and you know, the Minnesota Wild are playing very well. Yeah. They're better than I thought. They're going to make the playoffs. I'm convinced of that. They're better than I thought that they were going to be. I thought that this was, you know, it would be them and the Blackhawks that would be fighting for the seller. But the Wild are they're a good team. They're a good team. They're going to make the playoffs. You're telling me to burn my under 93.5 points uh, ticket that you told me to bet before the season? Yeah, I did lead you down that path. You did. I? You did. I, uh, sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, hopefully I'll cash one of them or help you cash one of them. Well, I still got that Jets. Uh, Mark Shifley. Shifley and the Jets to win the whole thing at, what did I get that, a 12-1, 13-1, sure. something in that range? Jets are legit. Jets are legit. Uh, and I'm going to, that's one of the, well, you know what, we'll talk about that in May and June. All right, all right. Maybe a little bit before that. Uh, so help me out with Illinois, Wisconsin. Anything, I mean, Illinois, last time we saw them, they were getting embarrassed in Iowa City. The game before that, they couldn't miss when they played Minnesota. What uh, Illini team showed up last night? Uh, good for the first half. It mm-hmm. was tied at 30. They were right there. Playing good defense, locked in. You know, that's another thing. Even going back to the game against Iowa on Sunday, as bad as they are. They're physical. They are, and they play hard. A defense. Underwood, I, I guess you do have to give him credit for that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's year two. Mm-hmm. I thought the turnaround would be happening a little bit quicker than it certainly is right now, but they still play hard for the guy. Mm-hmm. So... At least credit there. They get right in your face, Trent. When they do. They, I love the way that they play defense. And that you're right. I'm glad you brought that up because while they, you know, they they struggled scoring the ball, they guarded you, mm-hmm. and that jumped off the television screen. So Wisconsin ended up covering. They did. Yeah, they ran away. I think the number was three and a half, four, mm-hmm. right in that range, and and pulled away late in the game. It was kind of a workmanlike standard Wisconsin effort. How did Hap play? Not great. Really? In fact, one one of the worst games that I've seen of him and. The uh, the big foreign guy, I think he's foreign at least, for Illinois. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, I know the kid you mean. The Sveely, yeah, yeah, that, that the, guy. The, 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 uh, the post. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. I thought he outplayed Ethan Happ for really? long stretches of the game, yeah. yeah. And uh, got got a terrible displacement call. Hate, hate some of those calls defensively as he was trying to body up Happ. But that was kind of the thing. Happ didn't play that well, but it was some of the other guys. And Brad Davison, boy, is he annoying. I, he, is, <laughs> he is the epit, just the embodiment of a Wisconsin basketball player over the last two decades or so. You've seen that act before, is that what you Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, Tennessee was really good, so let's get to Michigan State and uh, Iowa. We've, we've seen this game before. It did not go mm-hmm. Iowa's way, to say the least. Um, Nick Ward was terrific. He had 26. Now, here's what worries me about Nick Ward, because he didn't miss a shot against Iowa when they played in early December, early December or late November. Early December. Early December, right? Yep. Yeah, that was the second of the two yes. Big Ten tilts. He he couldn't miss when, when they played um, in Game 2 of the Big Ten season. He didn't make a shot uh, the last time they took the floor against Maryland. He didn't, he didn't, make, he didn't make a shot, Trent. Bruno Fernando was playing. He did. Out. So who's going to play Bruno Fernando tonight for Iowa? Luca Garza. Oh, you magnificent bastard. He absolutely <laughs> has to play like that tonight, Trent. You hit the nail on the head. Well, and it wasn't just Nick Ward. It was also Kenny Goins. Goins had like 20... 19. 20 19? 19, yep. He was incredibly good and in that game. And Winston games. wasn't good in that game, right. conversely. 
the thing with Michigan State, and we know this has been the brand now for 25 years with Michigan State, is Izzo. They're going to play physical. They're going to clutch. They're going to grab. They're going to hold. They're going to do those things. But what has changed and evolved over the last dozen years or so is how fast they play, how quickly they get out, and and the way they run their breaks Mm -hmm. and the secondary breaks. You have to get Mm -hmm. back defensively. They get back in transitions, what they do, Trent. I mean, they are fast defensively. If you're Iowa, do you make a concerted effort? This is a game we're not going to worry about offensive rebounds. We we think, A, we we can shoot it well enough. We've been shooting it well enough. Let's make sure we're back. Let's make sure our defense is set because if we do that, we're not going to have Ward and Goins getting up the court, Mm -hmm. getting those easy layups, get back on that end. And you know another component here, and I hate to say it, but it's the officials. How they call this game will determine if Iowa has a shot in the last four minutes. Mm-hmm. If they call this thing tight, and Iowa's You're done with it. You're talking about calling a Tom Izzo team tight, right? That that's true. That's and the way he works sufficient, yes. much like Bo Ryan, mm-hmm. back in the day, those mm-hmm. two at the tip top of the list of working officials and the way that they seemingly get calls. But if this is a game that's called tight, and Iowa does get to the free throw line 25, 30 times, and the, the visiting team's only there 12 to 15, Iowa's got a shot. Yeah, uh, hopefully Bohannon's taken a number of those free throw attempts mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, we, we've, we've seen that uh, act before. Well, if you can't be in front of uh, FS1 tonight to watch the game at 6 o'clock, you can hear the game down the dial, uh, 1040 WHO. It's a 6 o'clock tip television-wise. Tim Brando, Bill Raftery in Iowa City for this one tonight. Um, hope it lives up to it, Trent. They've won five in a row. You're feeling mm-hmm. pretty good about the NCAA chances for this Hawkeye team right now. I think uh, our buddy Shelby Mast has the as a five seed, at least he did on Tuesday when they played. I have no, there's no reason to believe they would drop. They, they haven't played since uh, yeah. since he had them at five. So uh, they're right now a five seed. I think Iowa State was a six last time we checked with Shelby. Um, so you're up to date on that. But a good a good opportunity. To watch a good basketball game tonight. I don't think it's going to be the 22 point uh, margin of victory that we saw when this game was in East Lansing. It's a five point line, five five and a half right now. Looking in Vegas, it is down to five most places, even a four and a half pop up. Those stations there? still holding firm at five and a half, but. Yeah, if you're looking to bet it, you're probably getting that five number and maybe dwindling. Looks like maybe some pro money on the Hawkeyes in yeah, this there one. Is, and, clearly. And uh, later in the program, I'll take a peek here and I'll see where the betting public is on this one. Mm-hmm. I would guess Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yeah, Michigan yeah. State. 20 Big Ten victories in a row dating to last it's season. It's nuts. It's, yeah. And, and Cassius Winston, you mentioned him. He banged up his knee against Maryland. If he's just at. Did 80, he? Yeah. Played through it. I was going to say, because I watched the game yep. and I don't remember that. Because I, I was looking for an update on uh, on Langford. Langford, yeah. And in the article, they talked a little bit about that. Played through it, got had 14 and 7 mm-hmm. still. You know, he looked as quick as ever. Winston, but if he's a tick slower, not a bad thing for the Hawkeye defense. No, I, I'm with you. How about your boy? How important is Moss tonight? Oh, boy. I, the evolution of Isaiah And how Moss. much does he play? I mean, we've seen McCaffrey. Got to be locked in. Right. Got to be locked in on both ends mm-hmm. of the floor. You know, we know he can shoot it, but the way that he's been as a playmaker, both him and Tyler Cook, think of Tyler Cook out in front. Those are realistically the only two guys on this roster against a good defense that can consistently beat their guy off the dribble. Is that fair? Is there anybody else on this Mm. roster you think can finish off the dribble and finish at the rim? I think that's it. Not yet. Not yet, right? Probably not strong enough. Probably not strong enough. Yeah, okay. So those two guys, and and the way that both of those guys have evolved in that Mm -hmm. role, two guys that 
can now go off the dribble. And they're just not, for Cook, it was the putbacks, the dunks. No, you know, there's way more than in that. In space. Now, right. and, and he gets that head of steam, and he it's not only finishing, but then making plays for his teammates. His yeah. assist numbers have gone up. And Isaiah Moss, I mean, a completely different player than the guy we saw the first two years that he's been playing for the Hawks. So yeah, those two guys are incredibly important in this one. whole team's important. This is a game you can't get away with. Uh, you know, Bohannon was one for nine. No, you can't do that. Tonight. Garza was one for ten no, last time. No, you need you need everybody going, Trent. Yeah. What What does Iowa have to score tonight? If Iowa scores blank, they got a chance. They're going to win the basketball game. Eighty four. I said eighty two. Yeah. eighty two is my number. We're in sync here. Yeah, I think so too. It's asking a lot, man. Not going to be a lick lighter special. Forty three thirty six. No. No, he was in the state last night. Huh? He was. Yeah, he was at the, he was at the the nap center last night. Oh. It was old home week. Brownie was down there, and Birchie was tweeting about. Boy, Drake's getting some coverage. They are. Drake is getting some coverage. Losing Nick Norton. In fact, the game against Evansville three weeks ago. Uh huh. But like that was going to be the death it did. Now, right? It hasn't been. Not you know at what all. they're doing? They're taking care of the home floor. Mm-hmm. What are they seven and one or something? I saw last night after the after the win at home, on the uh, at at the nap. Um, you know, you protect your home floor. And here's the thing: what did, what did Loyola's thirty five point effort teach us last night? Anybody is beatable in this. That league. you're going to get to St. Louis and somebody's going to steal a bid. That's what it told me. Ready for this? Mm. Ken Palm uh, projected final standings. Still has Loyola winning it at twelve and six. Second place, no way. The Drake Bulldogs How about that? at eleven and seven projected at this point. And uh, well, some people would say congratulations in order for the other MVC team in the state. Yeah. I would disagree. Right, you and I up twenty-two to four. They led by twenty-one in the first half. They get beat at Southern Illinois. That's brutal. That's bad. Yeah, not good. All right, Vinny Iyer, Sporting News. He joins us on the other side. We'll do our only NFL conversation of the week as far as an NFL guest. Vinny's coming up next. Cappy will join at 1045-ish. Wade Looking Bill at 1115. And then Brian Arilko, if you have a question on sports wagering in the state of Iowa, Brian's the guy to answer. We've got Iowa and Michigan State tickets to give away. We'll do that in about 20 minutes. If you can go to the game, I'm going to put this disclaimer out there already. Couple of things. You're going to have to come down here to pick them up. Twenty-one forty-one grand mm-hmm. games tonight, after all. Um, but if you you just want to hear your name on the radio, don't you know, take let, the tickets. Don't take the tickets. Yeah. There'll be plenty of giveaways in the uh, uh, in the weeks, months to come. We'll take a time out. Vinny Iyer joins the program next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. All right, good stuff. Welcome back. Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Is that CBS? It is. Of course, they've got the broadcast. Nance. Tracy Wolfson, oh, that other guy, Tony Romo. He's pretty good. He is pretty good. So is Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He is, in fact, the only guest we've ever spoken to that appeared on the game show Jeopardy. Northwestern grad, as we mentioned, uh, he will be at the Super Bowl, covering the Super Bowl 53 for SportingNews.com. That's where you can read him, SportingNews.com. Plenty of content since the championship games, and there'll be plenty more to come, I'm assuming, Vinny Iyer. How are you? Trenton, Ken, and Des Moines, thanks for coming on. Are you there, Vinny? Oh, I got to hit the button. Uh, sorry about that, Vinny. My bad. How hey, are you? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, good to talk good. to you. Uh, so, Vinny, you're uh, you get to Atlanta next week. What kind of um, 
host city do you expect? You were in Minnesota, Minneapolis last year. Uh, what, what kind of job do you think Atlanta is going to do as far as hosting a Super Bowl? I mean, this is not the first rodeo for them. They've had the national championship. They've had the SEC championship consistently. They're used to big events. Olympics. In some ways, maybe they, but yeah, maybe in the stadium, even uh, you know, the past couple years, it's been the venue to almost everything you've seen out there. So there's, it, I don't think it's a stranger to that. I think uh, they're probably a little bit excited, but probably a little bit uh, uninterested in terms of yeah. the teams that are playing a little bit. So they might have had a rooting interest against the Saints if they were there. Might have some other things going on. But here I think Patriots, I don't know what feelings that team is going to bring in them, if they're going to even care from the 28-3 from a couple years ago, or is it just uh, something else to add traffic to the city? We'll see when we get there. Vinny, you mentioned, and you know the NFC uh, South rivalries very well, living there in Charlotte. You mentioned the, the negativity maybe that would have been there. What would have been like with New Orleans coming into Atlanta if they would have found a way to win that NFC championship game? Well, apparently uh, New Orleans fans and uh, basically everyone in Louisiana is trying to make that still happen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they just need to give it up. Yeah, you think? It's no longer funny at this right. point. Uh, all their jokes about the Falcons are getting kind of tiresome when yeah. you've got a joke that's standard here. So they're probably... Falcons uh, fans, Atlanta people are probably glad that New Orleans fans are not invading their city, also because of uh, safety issues. You don't want those group of partiers in your city. Uh, maybe uh, all your uh, downtown establishments would be a little rocked if they came. So mm-hmm. uh, lost revenue is going to hurt a little bit, but overall, I think uh, I don't think you'll get any sympathy for the Falcon from the Falcons fans for the Saints fans. Yeah, you know it's interesting, Vinny. You hit the nail on the head. Who have, who would the uh, the 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 home folks of Atlanta? You know the who would they've cheered for? You mentioned twenty eight three. That still has to resonate, I would think. Up twenty eight three in a Super Bowl, only to lose it in overtime. Um, I don't. Maybe they wouldn't even have watched. Who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think most people that are rooting against. The Patriots in this game are probably going to be people that don't really care if the Rams win. Right. That's the reality of the situation. I mean, St. Louis, I think there's still some bitterness there of that team leaving. And probably people want the Patriots to win, even though the Patriots are the ones that upset the Rams in Super Bowl 36. So weird feelings from St. Louis. Los Angeles still not sure how to treat the Rams. Uh, maybe there's some old school Rams fans that have traveled from Cleveland and Los Angeles and St. Louis over the years that are thrilled to death, but who knows uh, what kind of fan base will get there. You know what you're going to get from the Patriots. Vinny, it's Pro Bowl week. I know it gets a lot of buzz. I mean, people love this thing. Not really, but it does get viewers, which I, I'm com- incredibly mystified how it happens year after year. For you, somebody on the NFL beat that covers it 365, what, if anything, does the Pro Bowl do for you? It's, it's a, I think it's the biggest reward for players more than anything else. But I start to look at it, and I'm like looking at the rosters from what they were originally picked. Then you have the teams that are in the Super Bowl, so that wipes out a bunch of people. Then you have every person left and right stepping out with like the minor injury. Then you get to maybe the fourth or fifth stringer at some of these positions and say, is this really an all-star game? Is it just another football game? Maybe that's the only way to – describe why it still gets ratings is because you have two football games left to watch of uh, value and that's one of them i guess you see the stars line up but uh, it, it's crazy to me like you 
I think that's part of the NFL's dominance here. They make people watch uh, basically a flag football game that has a lot of offense. And it, at least uh, you have some names in there like Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson to get people a little bit excited about this year. Yeah, I, I won't even watch a play, I don't think. And I, I'm a football junkie. I just, I just for whatever reason, Vinny, I, I stay away from it. Well, I won't stay away from a week from Sunday. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the game here, uh, what, 10 days prior to the matchup itself, I, I think it's juicy. It's got some elements to it. A young quarterback going up against the, you know, the veteran, the wily veteran and Brady and Belichick in particular, who's going to try and take something away. Uh, you know, it was, it was Kelsey, it was Tyreek Hill, and they did a good job of limiting them. Who do you think Belichick is zeroing in on as he's going to try and take out of his game, um, and, and cause Gofton and company and Sean McVay to do some other things? Well, I think you have to stop the run, and I think you'll get full-service Todd Gurley. I think people looked at eh, Sean McVay as he switched. No, because Todd Gurley gives him an element that C.J. Anderson does not when he's fully healthy, and that's the receiving aspect and how dangerous he can be as a receiver. And he can throw back to Super Bowl 36. The Rams could have run the ball, I guess, a little effectively if they wanted to, but it was all about taking Marshall Falk out of the game. They didn't want him to burn them in the receiving game. If he got open and did some damage, they thought he was the key to the entire offense, and that proved to be true in that game. And I think some people would say Gurley can be that uh, factor that you have to take away. But I think the Rams showed a lot in that championship game where they found other guys to make it work. The tight ends have gotten involved. You have Robert Woods and Brandon Cook starting to play better without Cooper Cup, and they struggled for a little bit getting open without him in the middle of the season. So. There are more dangerous things that the Rams can do now than just taking away one person, and that, that's what you're saying here. Sean McVay, 33 years old today. Happy birthday to Sean McVay. Uh, Bill Belichick doubles him up. Inexperience in the Super Bowl as a coach, and now the experience of the ninth time for Bill Belichick. How big of a role does that play in your mind? Well, I, I think with Sean McVay, he's obviously denied all or defied all odds of what experience means in the NFL. I think this guy coaches a lot older than he looks. He's got that experience uh, from his family and being in the football family his entire life. And then being this, this knowledgeable guy beyond his years in terms of football plays and designing them and just remembering all the plays and not only of his own team, but things he's seen in the past. So I think he's a guy that you look at him as a young coach and that's the thing. It's like all these, teams hiring coaches that are somewhat related to him or work to him, work with him. You just can't recreate that level of knowledge and understanding of, of football concepts. Uh, and I, I think that kind of equalizes things. Another thing is you have Wade Phillips on the other side on your defense is 71. That's going to help mm. you win as well in this game. Uh, Vinny I from the Sporting News is our guest. Vinny, it uh, never ceases to amaze me that the Patriots uh, are able, for the most part, to keep Tom Brady upright game after game and especially in big games here comes uh donald here comes sue here comes a really good rams defensive line uh is this offensive line that the patriots have is this maybe one of the game within the game is you know if you can uh, prevent aaron Darnold from wreaking wreaking havoc or indomitian sue um how big of a test will this be for the patriots offensive line well I laugh at the people who say this is one of Bill Belichick's least talented teams. When I look at offensively, it might be actually their most talented team, minus that outside receiver. And part of it is because of the offensive line. I mean, weapons, they have plenty, but this offensive line, I think, is finally getting attention. I think there's been one guy that's been average, that's the left tackle, Trent Brown, and mm-hmm. he was supposed to be there. 
that uh, they were going to maybe put Isaiah win, but he blew out his knee. They made this seventh-round uh, trade there for former seventh-rounder for the 49ers. He ends up being their left tackle. But you look at Joe Thune and David Andrews and Shaq Mason and Marcus Cannon. I like these Cannon. Four, yep. These four guys are elite players at those positions. So it's not like they're trotting out guys that don't know how to block. And you look at this, Mason has just had an incredible season here, maybe the best uh, right guard play that we saw all season. And he's going to be obviously responsible a lot for Aaron Donald as well as Andrews and Thune. So I look at this offensive line. They're well-coached, very well-coached. They have Dante Scarnecchia. He's also in his 70s, has been at this a long time. They're well-coached. They can control Aaron Donald. If they control him, the Patriots are pretty much going to be able to do whatever they want offensively in that game. Speaking of the Patriots doing whatever they want, a big part of that is certainly Julian Edelman. And I just continue to be mesmerized by this guy. Seventh-round draft pick, a quarterback in college at Kent State, and here he is continually getting open in the league. I know there's rub routes, crossing routes there, everything else that they use to get him in space, but how do you game plan? How do you scheme to find a way to slow down Julian Edelman? Yeah, that's going to be the decision that Wade Phillips has to make. I, I don't think you can put Marcus Peters on there because he struggles with misdirection and quick passes. You put a keep to leave on him, give him some size issues. I mean, they'd probably be pretty comfortable, however, with Mikel Roby Coleman. He's played very well beyond that controversial play, obviously, in New Orleans. This guy is a very good slot corner, and he can chase people around. he got long safety there that has experience in nickel as well, and Lamarcus Joyner, so you got some decent cover men there. And then Tlaib, I guess you have to figure out if you're going to stick him on Rob Gronkowski wherever he goes. So those are the matchup questions that Wade Phillips is going to have to figure out. We can look back to maybe what he did with the Broncos. I think with that team, they were just so superior with the edge pass rush with Von Miller and, and a lot of players there making a difference in the second level where Phillips doesn't have that advantage now. So if the Rams are going to win this game, their secondary is going to have to play incredibly well and Donald is going to have to get some help up front. Yeah, uh, DeMarcus Ware, Malik Jackson, two guys that, uh, yeah, those were uh, nice toys in uh, Wade Phillips' toy box. Uh, last thing, Vinny Iyer, we'll, well, hopefully we'll uh, run you down next week that you'll find some time for us here in Des Moines. If this is a close game, if Vegas is right, both of these kickers, Goskowski, I think, is, um, you know, you money, and we saw Zerline last week, too, his two biggest kicks of his career. He's got a leg, as we all know. Both of these guys, more than prepared, more than adequate as far as if it does come down to a game-winning field goal. Yeah, these are excellent special teams. You look at the Rams with uh, John Fossil there, and, uh, Greg Zerline and John Hecker. These guys have been around for a long time. They've got a very uh, great long snapper as well for the special teams geeks out there, Jake McQuaid. So they are really top to bottom two of the best special teams units you'll ever see. And then the return men, I think, the uh, Patriots have a little bit of an advantage there having uh, Corderell Patterson, but overall I think it's going to be a good battle to watch for those nerds who want to see more than offense <laughs> and defense. Good stuff, Vinny. We uh, will track you down in Atlanta. Thank you for what you do for us. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thank you. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Uh, Vinny Iyer, sportingnews.com. Sportingnews.com for Vinny Iyer. All right, uh, as we mentioned, David Kaplan is coming up. If you want to go to the basketball game tonight, if you can make it to Carver Hawkeye tonight, it's a 6 o'clock tip. We have two pairs of tickets to give away just for the asking. You don't have to come on the radio. Don't okay. have to answer a question. Just the first two calls, 284-5966, 284-5966. And please, don't call if you don't want to use them. You have to get down here and pick them up. 
Um, office is open now, 2141 Grand, 2845966, two pairs. Look outside, look at the weather. Take that into consideration. Weather's before. fine, just cold. Yeah, the wind. I mean, they're, they're not going to be, they're not driving a horse and buggy. No, and the game is indoors, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so the game is indoors. But if you want, these are in Section D. Section D. We have our two calls. Uh, two eight four five. Why would I give the number out again? We've already got our calls. Uh, so hopefully these two uh, winners will come and claim these tickets and use these tickets tonight. Uh, we will come back. David Kaplan joins Trent and I as we continue. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO.org. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. Welcome back. Uh, thank you to Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Cappy coming up here momentarily. Let you know in advance of that that David Kaplan uh, is brought to us by our friends at Centurion Stone of Iowa, Iowa's best selection of stone veneer. Whether you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa offers a variety of style, patterns, and colors for every need. You can check them out online, centurionstoneofiowa.com or visit their showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Uh, let's get to Cappy. Cappy, Trent, and Ken, how are you, Cap? How are you? Good. Good to talk to you. Appreciate you coming on. You know, Cap, I want to uh, go back to um, you know, the story broke again on Tuesday night. I'm sure you talked a whole lot about it on Wednesday. Yadier Molina just won't let this Chris Bryant I guess it's now a feud, one-sided feud would apparently go. What's Yadier Molina trying to accomplish here? You know, I really don't know because I was at the convention, and what Chris said was so lighthearted, and so he's, he's not what you call a highly opinionated guy. He's a guy who just likes playing baseball. He, he, not, he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't carouse. And he simply, on late night with Ryan Dempster, who is a very funny guy, you know, what towns do you like going to? Where don't you? And right. he's like, oh, St. Louis, boring. Well, he lives in Vegas. He plays in Chicago, and he went to college in San Diego. I would <laughs> say St. Louis is fourth on that list. That's just me. And so he makes that comment, and, of course, social media runs with it. And then, you know, for Yachty to call him a loser, yeah, I thought it was such an unprofessional thing. I, I really lost a lot for Yadier Molina. He should have come out, in my opinion, and said, "Huh, funny guy. I'll show you our 11 World Series rings for the <laughs> one you've won in 108 years. And everyone would have gone, good shot, fact, blah, blah, blah. Mic drop. Yeah, he didn't right. Do that. Yeah. And then he doubles down and says, this is going to carry on into the season. Uh, to me, it's ridiculous. It is, but it's fuel to the fire, and it's something to get us through the off season and get us revved up for next season. These comments aside, are the Cardinals a team to push the Cubs this year in the Central, or is it still the Brewers in your mind? I think both. You know, no count the Reds out here. They've made mm-hmm. some nice moves. They're still talking. They might go get Corey Kluber. If they do that, I mean, this thing's wide open. The Pirates have talent. This is not an easy division by any stretch of the imagination. 
No, no question. David Kaplan is our guest, ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago. Kaplan mentioned CubsCon from last weekend. I know that there was a contingency there from the Iowa Cubs, all the minor league uh, affiliates of the Cubs get together as well. But, you know, they wanted to hear from some of the executives. Give us a highlight or two of what you took away from last week's CubsCon. Did you learn anything other than the fact that Bryce Harper is not going to be a Cub? Uh, that's funny. Yeah, I did. That You Darvish looked great. Looks like he put on some muscle. You know, he hasn't really pitched for the Cubs other than he won one game in his first season. He had surgery, and now he's on Instagram showing you that he's throwing effectively. So there's, you know, a number of things you can be encouraged about with Hugh Darvish, his appearance. He did his interviews in English. Mm. Goes on Instagram and shows you, hey, man, I'm popping the glove here. This was no light bullpen day like he jokingly said light bullpen no spike you watch that video and you hear that glove pop and you're like wow you look good so that one was impressive uh i think in talking with some of the guys the chip they have on their shoulder was impressive and in talking with joe madden his mantra is please don't bemoan who's not here how about cherishing and heralding who is here Cap, uh, we know who's going to be in the Hall of Fame uh, once this uh, we, we get to the month of August, and it's, it's Rivera, Martinez, Halliday, and Mussina. Have any problem? I guess the one that would be the biggest question would be Mike Mussina, who got in, I think, by seven votes. Had a really nice career. I never felt that, you know, when I watched him live or watched him on TV, that there's a guy that's going to get in the Hall of Fame one day, but yet there he is. Any problem at all, Cap? No, I actually thought Mike Mussina should be in for this reason. I read this stat. And I went, whoa, that's an interesting stat. Did you know that prior to yesterday with his induction, Mm -hmm. no pitcher that had won 270 or more games, and I know wins are not the be-all, end-all, but no pitcher that had won 270 or more in less than 20 seasons as Mm -hmm. an active player, every single one of them was in the the Hall of Fame. That changes things a little bit. I, yes. I didn't know that stat as well. And if that's the that's the yep. bench, then there you go. Hey, uh, Cap, oh, yeah. question on Sammy Sosa. We know the numbers are, are far, far where he needs to be a Hall of Famer. Any shot at all would it take the induction of Bonds and Clemens first for them even get a shot? Or are we talking well down the road and when we get to, you know, past the 10-year window? Uh, that's a great question. But I would say it to you like this. If you, and I'm, I have said and I maintain, and I said this again yesterday and today on the radio and TV, that I would not put Bonds and Clemens in ever if I was the voter. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't put A-Rod in. I got guys on my radio show today that Jordan Cornette's like, how can you not put A-Rod in? He talks about it. I, said, I don't care if he talks about it. So do I, and I'm not going to the Hall of Fame either. <laughs> A-Rod was suspended for a year for PEDs. So, yeah, no shot would I put Alex Rodriguez in? But I can understand the argument that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were Hall of Famers before they started doing the juice. Mm. Yeah, Sammy so, was not. Yeah, no, I agree yeah. with you. Cap, uh, Mariano Rivera was unanimous this time next year. Will, will Derek Jeter be? Or because you know it took forever to finally get a unanimous, that there's going to be some curmudgeon that says, I just can't do this two years in a row, therefore I'm not going to vote for Jeter. So two-parter, do you think Jeter is or should be a unanimous selection? And B, will he be? 
That's a great question. Um, you know, I don't have Derek stats right in front of me, but the, he's the ultimate winner. The ultimate winner. So for me, yes. First blush, without looking at his baseball reference page in front of me, Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer, and Derek Jeter should be unanimous. Jeter unanimous. Do you do you have a problem? Mariano Rivera will always be remembered as the first to ever get in unanimously. Do you have a problem with that, Cap? Um, look, it, it was bound to happen at some point, but you want to explain to me how Bob Gibson wasn't unanimous, right. how Greg Maddox isn't unanimous, yeah. how it's you know, Cal Ripken isn't unanimous. Hank Aaron. I mean, you know, it's really ridiculous when you think about it. The people that were not unanimous choices, and we could make a list of a hundred of them and go, how could that guy, how could you vote against that person? I always wondered, I think I may have said this to you guys, you know, over the years that I've been on with you. I always wondered, did they have like a meeting of all the writers and then go, okay, Billy. You're not voting for Maddox, so we make sure he's not unanimous. And Stevie, you got this one. You're not voting for Ripken. Like, how could you possibly look at your ballot, sit at your desk or your kitchen table, and go, yeah, I'm not voting for him? Mm. I don't get it. No, nor do I. David Kaplan brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Kaplan, we'll put you on record this time next week when we talk to you, but, you know, uh, 12 days out or whatever it is from the Super Bowl, Rams, a, you get points with the Rams. They were actually, when they put it on the board, they were favored very quickly. Uh, the Sharps attacked New England, and now they sit as the favorite. If you were in Vegas this weekend, what would you do? Uh, I would wait for this line to move a little bit and see if I could get the Rams at three. You can do it online where you can buy a half a right. point. I don't know what the juice would be. If I could get the Rams at three and a half, I'm all in. All in. I am going to be in Mexico watching the, fo- the football game, the Super Bowl, with my wife. We're going away. It's the only week we can. So I called. Yep, we're going to have the Super Bowl right on the ground, so we're going to watch the game and be in warm weather. Can't wait. But I can promise you I will have action on the St. Louis Rams if that line stays at three. All right, Cap, uh, speaking of the NFL to the Bears as we wrap up here. And as uh, some of the schedule starts to come out, we know the 16 teams that will be a part of the schedule. A return trip to London. Going to see a lot of uh, Bears fans over in London for this one? Hmm. Oh, God, it'll be a huge trip. I have actually talked to my wife about doing it. Mm-hmm. Depends on what week, because me doing Cubs pre-post, if they're oh, alive sure. in the postseason, well, then that shoots it down. Because I believe I was told by a friend of mine in London, who's part of the committee that puts these games on, he said games. It's weeks six, seven, eight, and nine. So somewhere in there, if the Bears are week six, what will be the second week in October? Well, there's no shot because I would think, I would hope that the Cubs are in the playoffs. So I don't think I'll be able to do it, but I guess you never know. uh, Captain, last thing. I know you had a Tony Romo poll uh, earlier in the week. Uh, He was just, he was phenomenal. He really and truly was. I know you appreciate that as a guy who does uh, color analysis for, you know, for basketball. And you talk to a million analysts where, regardless of sport, Romo was as spot on as anybody. I think this past Sunday that I've ever heard, he had the best day of anybody. Um, what was the consensus? I have to think uh, that uh, that overwhelmingly people love Tony Romo in Chicago. 
Yeah, the poll result, and thank you for weighing in on it, the poll result came out 82%, I think, for Tony Romo, or 84% that he was phenomenal. And I completely agree with that. I have always been a Tony Romo fan. There's just something about his personality that I like, mm-hmm. that I think is cool. Um, but, you know, he's still got a ways to go to be everybody's cup of tea. I loved when, you know, John Madden would be doing a game and he would go, boom! Oh, <laughs> I love that. Dick Butkus did it on the Bears broadcast. Let's fall get, get the fall I love the passion. Ronnie Santo did that for the Cubs. But I got a producer who works on my show, Chris Black, who can't stand when Romo's like, ooh, ah! He hates <laughs> it. So it's not for everybody. I get it. But for me... Tony Romo's the best in football. Will Mexico prevent us from chatting next week, or will we get you on yeah. next Wednesday? I don't I don't leave until a week from Saturday. Oh, perfect. Wednesday, I'm around. I leave on the day before the Super Bowl. Good stuff. Thank you, Cap. Appreciate it. And we'll do the show from Mexico. I can promise you that. <laughs> I, I knew you'd say Poolside. that. Poolside. <laughs> Thank you, pal. Good to talk to you. You got it. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan joining us as we wrap up uh, the first hour of the program. Looking forward to hour number two. Wade Looking Bill, former Hawkeye, will be here. Hawk Sparty tonight. And then Brian Arilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Co- uh, Commission. If you have a question on sports wagering, send it to our Twitter account. At Miller and Condon. At Miller and Condon. We'll be happy to go over those and uh, try and get your question in. Brian Urilko has all the answers. What's a, what's way is it leaning? Uh, meaning, will you have to go to a brick and mortar location? Is mobile in the hunt? And what about this? Is, is Ivy and Casey's really getting into the sports wagering game? I was told they are. We'll ask Brian Orelko that very question. Trent and I are here until noon, same way every Monday through Friday on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. Hey, guys. Trent kind of back here once again for New Leaf Wellness Center. New year upon us. Time to get in better shape, better health. Let's do it together with New Leaf Wellness Center. I'm on a couple of programs myself, the GAC and the MIC. Help me lose 15 pounds within the first couple of weeks. They have those injection therapies going on right now. How about this? With the new year, 20% off through the month of January for their food sensitivity tests combined with their weight loss evaluations. New Leaf Wellness is located on West Town Parkway in West Des Moines, 3930 West Town Parkway. And you can give them a call, 650-1358. That's 650-1358. Set up that free, no-obligation consultation with New Leaf Wellness. Right around the corner, we got Valentine's Day. Looking for some gift ideas? They have you covered with that also at New Leaf Wellness. Their farmhouse fresh skin care products going on right now. Great choices with that. And if you make a $15 purchase, a free gift. We all like the sound of free. It's New Leaf Wellness Center, again at 650-1358. Let's feel better together in 2019.